So last time uh, we talked about one half of the doctrine of conversion, right? So um, conversion is uh, what we call the, the moment when somebody responds to the gospel, um, and it's made up of two pieces, uh, repentance and faith. And those are really two sides of one coin. You can't have one without the other. Um, and so when Jesus began his public ministry, um, he announced the nearness of the kingdom, right? And he said, uh, repent and believe the gospel. Repent and believe the good news. Um, and so uh, from the beginning of his ministry, that was the response he was calling for, right? Repentance and faith. Repent and believe. And so last time, uh, we focused on what the Bible says about repentance. We saw that it's um, required of all people. Uh, Paul said that in his sermon on Mars Hill, right? God now commands all people everywhere to repent. That just means a turning from sin and self and a turning to God. Um, so we saw that's required of everybody. We saw that repentance is a gift that God gives, right? And we saw multiple um, passages where that is uh, stated quite clearly. Um, we saw that, that, uh, that Paul's ministry was characterized by preaching repentance and faith, uh, as he reminded the elders in Ephesus in Acts 20. Um, we saw um, the description of the, uh, the believers in Thessalonica, uh, in First Thessalonians 1, when they heard the gospel, the way they responded was they turned from idols to the living God, right? And were waiting for the return of Christ. So uh, they're uh, an example of their repentance. So we focused on repentance last time. And so tonight we're going to talk about uh, faith and what uh, faith is and why faith is uh, a significant part of the way that we are called to respond uh, to the gospel message. Right? When we hear about Jesus' death and resurrection in the place of sinners, uh, we are to repent and believe. And so what we looked at the repentance part. Uh, what about the faith part? All right, so we saw that repentance is a gift from God. So it's probably not a surprise to find out that faith is a gift from God either. Right? So um, uh, also, so in Ephesians chapter two, for example, one of the most famous passages uh, about faith in Ephesians two um, eight and nine, we're told uh, by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So we're saved by grace and through faith. And then Paul says, this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Well, what is a gift of God? What is not our own doing? Is it grace? Is it being saved? Is it faith? It's probably all of those things. right? Grace is obviously a gift by definition. Uh, our salvation is a gift, right? Because we've been saved by grace. Um, but faith is also not our own doing. Faith is also a gift of God. Um, faith is not, uh, again, it's just like we said with repentance, faith is not the work that we do that is our contribution to our salvation. Faith is the response that we are required to have to the gospel message, but even that response of faith is something that we are enabled to make 
by grace. Even that is a gift. Um, and so it's not, that's, uh, you can sort of get that from Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. Uh, I think it seems evident there, but it's even more clear uh, in the next uh, letter that we have of Paul's, in the letter to the Philippians, uh, in chapter 1 there, verse 29, um, he's writing, Paul's writing to the believers there, encouraging them to be unified, encouraging them to stand for the gospel, uh, despite the fact that they will face opposition and persecution. And he says in verse 29, he says, It has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. So it's been granted to you, it is a gift from God, a gracious gift to you that you believe in Christ and that you have the opportunity to suffer for Christ. Both of those things are gifts that God has given to you. Now, when we read that verse, the thing that, if we weren't focusing on faith in particular, the thing that would probably stand out the most to us is, Paul says, your suffering is a gift to you from God. It is a gracious uh, thing for God to allow you to suffer for Christ. And we know that's the response that the apostles had, right? When they were beaten, they rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer for the name, or that they had the opportunity to suffer for Christ. But he also, he pairs with that gift, the gift of faith, right? Believing in God, or believing in Christ, is uh, also a gift of God, just like repentance is. Right, so there's no, and and the, the the reason for pointing that out, right, and uh, and you know understanding that is so that there's no part, there's no part of our salvation that we can pat ourselves on the back for. You know, there's nothing about it you can say, well, so and so, you know, he's never going to repent, but I did pat myself on the back. That guy over there, man, he just can't seem to believe, but I do pat myself on the back. I believe. The only reason I believe is because of the grace of God. The only reason I repented is because of the grace of God. Um, that's uh, why it's important for us to, to notice those things in Scripture, right? So that all the credit, all the glory uh, goes to God. Now, um, what is faith? Right? We talked about re- repentance as a turning right, from sin to God. What is faith? How do we describe faith? Uh, there's uh, several different ways. Uh, there's no surprise, right, that the Bible is full of um, discussions or descriptions or teaching, right, about the nature of faith. Um, in uh, the Gospel of John, for example, there's a lot about faith in the Gospel of John. Um, and uh, believing is described... Uh, in John as as receiving, right? So John 1.12, um, he talks about, he's just talked about how people, uh, well, the, the Messiah, the, the Word, came into the world, uh, but the world did not receive him. He came to his own, his own people did not receive him. Uh, and in verse 12 he says, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name. So, what does it look like to believe in his name? It is to receive him, right? So if you believe in him, you, um, you know, we use the, the word accept, right? We mean the same thing as, as he means here by receive, that you welcome him, you embrace him. Believing is not just, 
It's, it's not saying, yes, I agree that Jesus exists, that he died on the cross, that he rose again, but I'm keeping him at arm's length. That's not saving faith. That's not biblical faith. Biblical faith receives Jesus, welcomes Jesus, embraces Jesus. Um, biblical faith comes to Jesus. In John 6.35, Jesus says, um, he says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Those are the same thing, right? Whoever believes in me, whoever comes to me, it's the same thing. The one who believes in me will come to me. The one who comes to me comes because he believes me. So faith is, a, is not only a receiving and embracing of Jesus, it is, in a sense, a, a reaching out to Jesus, right? A, and a, a, an approach to Jesus, a coming to Jesus. Um, that's one of the reasons why repentance and faith are inseparable, right? If you have been running away from Jesus, you cannot believe in him, which requires coming to him unless you turn around, right? Unless you turn toward him. So um, believing is receiving, believing is coming to Jesus, um, and uh, believing is more, uh, as we just said, believing is more than head knowledge. Uh, James is uh, perhaps the clearest about this. In James chapter 2, you have that uh, long passage about uh, faith without works, how faith without works is dead. Um, and one of the things he says there um, is he says, you believe that God is one, you do well, even the demons believe and shudder. So even the demons believe that there's one God. So if you believe that there's one God like the demons do, well, that's, you know, it's better than not believing that there's one God. But that's not going to save you. The faith that saves you cannot be the same kind of faith that demons have. Demons know that Jesus died on the cross. They witnessed it, right? Demons know that Jesus rose from the dead, right? They can see Jesus alive and risen today. So knowing those facts are not enough to save anybody, right? Affirming those facts are not enough to save anybody. Faith goes beyond just knowing the truth to embracing it, to receiving it, right? And then to putting it into practice. That's uh, James's point, right? That uh, real faith is always accompanied by works, right? He says that faith without works is dead. And if you read the great examples of faith in the Old Testament, they were people whose faith was demonstrated by their action, right? He, he mentions um, Abraham, right? He says um, faith was active along with his works, right? When he offered up his son Isaac on the altar, faith was active along with his works and faith was completed by his works and the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. In other words, before Abraham offered up Isaac, he believed God and was counted righteous. And Paul emphasizes that point in Galatians and in Romans uh, that uh, Abraham believed before he was circumcised. Abraham believed before he offered up Isaac. Um, but what James wants to say is, yes, but the way we know that he believed was that when God told him to do something, he did it. He trusted God. That's how we know. That's how his faith was completed. That's how that scripture about Abraham believing was fulfilled, 
Right? Because his faith was demonstrated in action when he offered up Isaac. In the, in the same way he talks about Rahab the prostitute. Remember Rahab the prostitute, the uh, two spies uh, from the Hebrews came to uh, Jericho to spy out the land. And, uh, and they met Rahab. And Rahab basically told them, hey, we've heard about what your God has been doing to all your enemies. And everybody here is terrified. Um, and so would you please rescue me and my family when you guys come and wipe us out? <laughs> you know. And so they arranged for her and her family to be delivered. She put her life at risk <clears throat> to, to keep those spies from being caught. Um, and she... Uh, didn't just say, I believe you have the real God, uh, you belong to the real God. She said, you know, I want you and your God to protect me uh, because I know your God is the real thing. So her faith was demonstrated in her action, right? So James says, as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Uh, And we've seen this on Sunday mornings in Romans chapter 6, right? Paul hammered, 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 hammered on the fact that we're justified by faith alone in Romans chapter 3 and Romans chapter 4 and even Romans chapter 5. And then when he got to Romans chapter 6, he said, you guys don't think you can live however you want, do you? I've been saying you're justified by faith, you're saved by grace through faith, but that doesn't mean that you don't have to obey Right? In fact, the opposite is true. That's what all of Romans chapter 6 is about. You're required, if you really believe, right? you're required now to live differently. So our faith has to be accompanied by work. So it's a gift given by God. It's a receiving of Jesus. It's a, it's a coming to Jesus. It is an active faith. It's more than just a head knowledge. It's a faith that leads us to, uh, to move, to act, to obey, to respond to God's word. Right? Faith doesn't just sort of sit there and let the truth hit you and just sort of nod your head. and Yeah, I agree with that. Faith says, I agree with that and therefore now I'm going to do this whatever I've been called to do, right? Whatever God is telling me to do. Um, and then, uh, finally, we can't talk about faith without talking about Hebrews 11, at least a little bit, right? The Faith Hall of Fame. Uh, just a couple of verses to touch on there. The first one, uh, Hebrews 11.1, 1, is uh, the closest thing we come to a definition of faith um, anywhere in the Scripture. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So faith has to do with confidence, right? with assurance, with conviction of things that we do not yet have, things that we cannot yet see. Right, so you don't have to have faith in things that you can already see. You don't have to have faith in things that you already possess. You have faith in, uh, uh, in regard to things that you are hoping for, that you are anticipating, that you are sure are going to take place but have not taken place yet. Faith is the, uh, the conviction right, of things that you can't see. I, I, I cannot show God to you, but I am convinced that he exists, right? Uh, I cannot show you the resurrection of Jesus, but I am convinced that it happened. Um, Now, that doesn't mean that um, there's no 
doubt, there's no uncertainty that ever creeps in when we believe, right? We can probably all identify with the man who said to Jesus, I believe, help my unbelief. Right? I, I do believe, but I, f- I feel the, the weakness of my belief. I feel the, uh, it doesn't feel as strong as it ought to be. Um, and remember, didn't the disciples say, you know, increase our faith? And Jesus said, well, you just, you don't, you don't need more. You just need it, right? Faith as small as a mustard seed is all that you, um, all that you need. So faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And then uh, verse 6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please Him, to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. Right, so uh, we can't even begin to please God unless we have faith. This is part of why Paul can say that everyone who's, of everyone who's lost... There's no one who's righteous. There's no one who seeks God. There's no one, uh, you know, everyone has turned aside. Everyone's gone their own way. Well, you know, don't people do some decent things? How can you say that they're all rotten and sinful? Well, because without faith, you can't do anything that pleases God. Without faith, you can't seek God. So if you don't believe him, then there's a sense in which even though you can do some things that are morally good as far as the way you respond to other people, uh, the way you are relating to God is fundamentally wrong because you don't trust Him. Right? If you don't believe Him, nothing you can do is right in the ultimate sense right? because at the root, uh, it's wrong. Right, because it's not proceeding from faith, um, and so even bef- before you can even um, you know begin to seek him, right, you have to believe that he's there, believe that he's good. You have to trust him, and then of course all throughout the the this chapter, Hebrews eleven, uh, that makes the same point that James was making, which is that faith is demonstrated by your deeds. Um, that's why over and over and over you read, you know, by faith such and such happened by faith. This person did X uh, because it was their faith that was demonstrated in their action. Right, so um, we, when we hear the gospel, when someone's converted, these are the two parts of our response. We turn, right? Repentance. We turn from whatever we were pursuing before, however we were living before. We turn to God. And we trust Him, we receive Him, we believe Him, we embrace Him. And if we really do believe Him, right, then that also leads to a change in, in action. Right? So those who say, you know, if people are saved by faith and not by their works, well, they're just going to, you know, they're just going to keep living in sin. They're just going to do, you know, whatever. Well... That betrays a misunderstanding of what faith is, right? And there's, there's a lot of misunderstanding about faith, right? There's a lot of people who think if I just nod my head to certain facts, then that means I believe and that means I'm saved. And that's not what the Bible means by faith. Uh, when the Bible talks about faith, it is, it is an embrace, right? It is a receiving. It is a, it is a conviction of something you can't see that leads you to act in a different way right now where other people can see, right, on the basis of what nobody can see. So it, it is a living, active,
active, vibrant thing um, that changes you. Right? That's uh, an essential part um, of our uh, response to the gospel. So any thoughts, comments, questions?